The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious professionals. How about hypnosis? Let's get so Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello. And welcome to episode 244 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by a very special guest, a first-time guest. It's none other than Nell the Lush. How's it going, Nell? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. It's gr- gl- I'm glad to have you here on the WrestleCast this week. Thank you for having me. No problem. Let the people know where they can follow you on Twitter. Let them know about your writings and all the things that you want to promote while we're here on the intro. All right. So my Twitter handle is Wodernelli. It is spelled W-H-O-A-D-E-R-E Nelly N-E-L-L-N-E-L-L-Y. Um, I'm born and raised in Baltimore. Um, shout out to my bae, Sir Tizzy 09, who just dropped his single McFoley, um, and on all streaming platforms. And to my friends over at the, um, three dope guys in a mic podcast. All right. So as a first time guest, we have to get some background about what led you to watching professional wrestling in depth, joining and being a part of our live tweets. So who got you into wrestling as far as was it a family member or you just kind of picked it up on your own? So we'll start there. I'm going to just kind of pick it up on my own, um, just randomly browsing on TV, um, flicking through the channels, and it caught my eye. Um, To be specific, it was WWF Wrestling, (laughs) um, as well as um, ECW that caught my eye when I was at at a young age. Um, Just the the in-ring athleticism and the gimmicks is really what made me want to keep watching. And who was your favorite wrestler in WWF? And who was your favorite wrestler in ECW? Ooh, so most definitely I would have to say my favorite wrestler of all time, like of all time, I would have to say definitely is Undertaker. Mm. He is everything. Like his presence is like no matter how old I am, even to this day, when I hear that gong, that boom, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I just, I just think that he's awesome, and I, I just think that he's awesome. He has managed to evolve himself over the years and just stick with it. And ECW, did you have a favorite? Like somebody you could point at as like your favorite when it just came to that promotion? Ooh, let me see. 
Hmm. That's a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was a lot of good people to choose from in ECW. It was, yeah. Ooh. I may have to get back to you on that. All right, all right. Well, while you're thinking about that, just let everybody know that you can find the WrestleCast on the web at cspn.us. You can also subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't have much news this week, so we'll go right into Monday Night Raw, Paul Heyman edition. Uh-huh. And uh, we get right to the action, boss, because it's Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Falls count anywhere match. There ain't no talking. There ain't no uh, announcers. It's just two men in the ring. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, this is a false count anywhere match. And here we go. Lashley lands some strikes, and he follows with a suplex for a two count. Braun then spears Lashley through the LED board, and the pyro shoots off as they may be dead. Corey yells, holy shit. They call uh, medics for help. They have like a static camera just in the back. Looking at these two dudes lay down with everybody rushing in to help them. The fans start counting to 10 to officially end the match. And then they're just showing these guys getting attended to from this like high above the back camera angle for like four or five minutes. Then we go to commercial and they come back. They're still laid out. We see Bobby Lashley getting stretched out. Then they're getting Braun Strowman strapped up and stretched out. And Strowman now with a Lashley back on his feet. And Bobby Lashley driven right into the uh, that steel uh, fence, the, the barricade there, protecting the uh, the fans from the arena floor. Didn't he first? Incredibly agonizing. Good Lord. What a beal onto the steel stage by Strowman. That is just a horrifying power possessed by Braun Strowman. Able to launch someone the size of Bobby Lashley. Now Braun up to the stage, still stalking Lashley and Bobby fighting back as well. Hard move, going to the throat. It's all legal. And Lashley uh, holding his own and then some, taking the fight to Strowman. Bobby legs and Braun. Bobby dominating much of this matchup here tonight. Gonna see the power of the Almighty. No, no, no. Not on the stage. Look at the eyes. Look at he the can't do this. Oh, my God. Cover. Falls count anywhere. Hook of the leg on Strowman and Braun kicks out at two. Feel the thud of that through the announce table. Unbelievable power shown by the Almighty. Bobby cannot get frustrated here. He's had Braun Strowman on his heels this entire match. Well, now it's I, Bobby digging in. I think that frustration of Bobby Lashley is making him scary. Oh, oh. They needed like an extra long uh, ambulance for Braun, though. His feet were barely in uh-huh. the, the back. Hanging out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this was the first 13 minutes of Raw. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Paul Heyman edition of Raw. Your thoughts, Miss Nell? This is, this is the time where you say, you know, this is the this is the best 
segment of Raw I've seen in almost a year or, you know, just hyperbole out the window. Ooh. I didn't watch I didn't I didn't really watch much of Raw, so I'm 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 Oh you I'm didn't Oh you didn't see this. Did you see it on YouTube or anything? Well, I, I you know how there are the videos of the guys oh, who right. review Raw right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched some of those, but I didn't watch like the full oh, episode. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, this was this was this was pretty epic to start Raw. Um and what was really uh made it seem like real 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 was they had all the lights off of the uh, the uh the Titan Tron. Like it wasn't just like a panel was out and they still had the rest of it with just like a little piece missing like they've done sometimes. Nah, the whole thing was messed up with a big old hole in it for the whole night. Wow. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, the Viking Raiders, they faced off against the New Day. So, the uh, Viking Raiders are clearly heels now. Paul Heyman has drawn the line as they're taking on the New Day. So, everybody knows uh-huh. that you shouldn't cheer them now, that you should boo them. Ivar oh. lays in club and strikes. He grounds things and he tags in Eric. We get more double teams and Eric covers for a two count. Eric grounds to action, but Big E fights to his feet and he hits a belly to belly. That's when Samoa Joe arrives. He takes out Woods with the cocaine clutch. And that's when Kofi makes the save and all six men begin to brawl. Are you a big mm. fan of the Viking Raiders? War Machine? Ooh. I would have to say I was more so a fan of them when they were in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they have been called up and they have turned into the Viking, you said the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders, yes, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about that. They haven't really had a focus on them too much on Raw. None of the really the tag teams have, but uh, they clearly uh, got a lot of focus on this episode. After the commercial break, after all men begin to brawl. We get a six-man tag team match as Samoa Joe joins the Viking Raiders to face the full complement of the New Day. Big E begins to clean house. That's when Xavier Woods joins in and Ivar follows with the suicide dive. Kofi hits a trouble in paradise, but Joe gets the coquina clutch on Kofi and Kofi fades. He passes out and the ref waves it off. So Samoa Joe, the Viking Raiders, they get the win. What's very significant about this is this is the first uh-huh. time Kofi has been pinned since he's been the champion. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, making Samoa Joe a significant threat right off the bat because Kofi's been laying everybody down in all forms and facets. And I give a big shout out to my man Mo underscore Reese. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> we get highlights of the recent 24-7 title shenanigans. Drake Maverick is here with his wife. They're on a little pit stop before they head to their honey- honeymoon. She's not really that happy to be there. Drake says it's just a stop along the way, and his wife tells him to choose between her and the championship. So Drake gives her a big hug and assures her that she's number one. 
And that's when R-Truth walks up behind Drake Maverick's wife and he says, he's a sucker for romance. (laughs) Are you in love with the 24-7 title like you should be? That's another thing I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about that. It's the, it's the it, up until like this episode of Raw. It was the uh, single best thing on both shows. Mm. <laughs> I like I do like that. Our truth is he's really he oh, he's always been funny, but um I I like how they're giving him more time, more TV time. Right. Right. Uh, apparently Drake Maverick is the is the guy behind this. Like he he's the one who pitched it, and he's the one who's like coming up with a lot of it. So I guess him and our truth are working together. That's why it's so good. Uh huh. The Good Brothers are backstage. They're meeting with AJ Styles. They talk about last week, and AJ reminds them that hey boys, y'all lost. They claim that hey AJ almost lost to Ricochet, but AJ said it was his first match back from being injured. The Good Brothers said that. They have a bet with AJ if that if he can win the title from Ricochet, then he can have Carl Anderson's hot Asian wife. Ooh. It's a little weird, but okay. Yeah. Are you a big fan of the club with AJ Styles or would you prefer the club with Finn Balor? Mm. I have to say the club with Finn Balor. Too bad they won't put them all four together. Like I think, right. you know, that would really set it off. But I think that they right. would have a lot. I don't think they want to do that because they don't want to remind people of the other promotions version of that. Uh huh. But th- yeah. But if they did, it would be absolutely crazy. Mm hmm. And I know the perfect group that they should do it against. But that's a different time, and maybe it'll happen later on. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Cesaro, he's supposed to face No Way Jose. Drake Maverick and his wife, they're in the crowd. They're on the front row. And truth, he's in the conga line. And he stops and he starts dancing with Drake Maverick's wife. That's when all the jobbers from the back come down. And they chase R-Truth to the back. Cesaro, he attacks No Way Jose. He suplexes him on the floor. Then Cesaro gives him the gotch neutralizer on the floor. He just walks to the back. If no way, Jose. <laughs> Cesaro is just going to be like a killer and just be like a real strong because he is a Paul Heyman guy. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm too. When I first started really getting back into wrestling, like the end of 2014, well, beginning of 2014 into 2013, I thought Cesaro should have been the champion. I'm like, dude, that 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 is the world champion right there. Like, what is Vince doing? It's like, okay, he can't talk. They got a manager. Put him in a suit. Give him the belt and just let him beat people up. Still hasn't happened yet. I know. What is he? What is he waiting for? I don't know. I don't know he, he what he doesn't see in Cesaro. Yeah, Cesaro is definitely champ material. He definitely deserves it. And what is good about Cesaro is he can wrestle 
any style of match. If you got guys he can fly, he can wrestle against them. If you got yep. big, big, strong guys who are slow, he can wrestle against them. If you got kind of middle guys who can do a little of both, he can wrestle against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's one of the best guys they got, and they're not using them correctly. But that may all change. I hope so. But you're very right. Like he's he's very resilient. He can adapt to any just about any competitor. Charlie interviews the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. They want some flavor on the introduction. And Montez Ford teases a rock impersonation. And then that's when Andre Dawkins was like, nah, fam, that's not what we're doing. That's <laughs> going to be on Twitter forever. <laughs> they introduce themselves. They say they are on Raw to bring the swag to the show. And they say they want some smoke. And they start singing, we want smoke. We want smoke. <laughs> this was not as good as one of their street talk vignettes would have been they should have played oh. the one where they won the championship and they had the parade outside of um, Full Sail they could have uh-huh. done, done that and that would have been in my estimation a better debut but that's just me I'm just one person who's really really invested in the street profits yes they are so dope <laughs> Braun and Bobby Lashley are at the local medical facility and they're still being evaluated. It's a hospital, Vince, not a medical facility. The Miz, he talks about the dangers of being a wrestler in relation to Braun and Lashley's injuries. They recap his loss to Elias on SmackDown last week and the beatdown from Shane and Elias. Miz says he's fed Shane's ego to try to help his career, but after tonight, He'll make Elias an unemployed musician. Miss mm. Nell, your thoughts on Miz being a babyface? I'm so used to heel Miz, but I think he's one of those guys that can do both. He can definitely do both. Like he's a good talker as a heel and a good talker as a face. So I mean, I like it. In the part of the show that I'm sure you had the most enjoyment from, Shane and Drew McIntyre, they come out. Shane says that he's worried about Braun and Bobby Lashley because he has responsibilities. Then he starts to comment on last week and what they did to Roman Reigns. He says they had it perfectly set up. Roman was terrified, so they showed the footage. Drew said the footage speaks for itself and more will come at extreme rules. Shane says Roman begged the Undertaker to come back and help him. Shane is looking forward to tangling with the Undertaker again, but there will be no surprises at the pay-per-view. Drew puts over the Undertaker and his legacy, but Drew says he isn't afraid and he is not a normal man. Drew says that he doesn't give a damn about the Undertaker. He said he's dressed to fight And he calls out the Undertaker. We get thunder. We get the lightning. The lights go out. And the dong tolls. And the Undertaker music hits. He then appears. And makes his way to the ring. 
Shane and Drew, they have out of the ring, over the barricade, as the Undertaker says that Roman never asked him for his help. But if you need answers as to why he's the reaper of wayward souls and he is here to collect their souls. He said Shane had his respect a little bit for a while following their Hell in a Cell match and he Mm -hmm. lived to tell the tale. He says that Shane fell victim to his own ego and that he won't be best in the world where he's sending them. He says that Shane and Drew will never rest in peace. Mm. This ought to be interesting. How do you feel about Roman Reigns and the Undertaker teaming up? Uh, I, I thought, I'm, I, I won't lie, I thought it was a weird pairing. Um, I thought it was something I didn't see coming. Uh, but we shall, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. How do you feel about Roman Reigns? Are you a fan? Are you a lukewarm? Thumbs up? Thumbs in the middle? Um, I, I, I've always liked Roman. I just, in the past, I have, I just didn't like how he was booked as a character. Right. Um, I, but I've never been a part of the Roman hate. Um, I just, in the past, I've just never liked how he was booked. Right now, um, it's pretty. Di- it has been pretty different since he came back. Um, I guess that's because of the leukemia and all of that. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, I've, I've I've never hated him. I'm still a fan. All right. Lacey Evans, she's doing her makeup as Baron Corbin talks about the Extreme Rules match at Extreme Rules. He says that it's to their advantage and calls Becky just a fling. Lacey Evans says Becky has fought for her dreams, made them come true, but she has put her faith in Rollins and talks about his wandering eyes at her backstage. We have a match. Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Corbin trips up Natalia, allowing Lacey Evans to hit the women's right, and Lacey Evans gets the win. Lacey's still a little rough on the end ring. Yeah, I think so too. How do you, how do you feel about Lacey Evans uh, and the time that she's been getting lately? She's Liberty Bell from Glow. She's their version of Liberty Bell, and she she's like a lot of the NXT people lately. They get called up a little too fast. Like right when they're starting to kind of find something in NXT, they call them up and. Just because they're starting to find that NXT means they got to go refine it all over again when they get right. called up to the main roster. And I think that's kind of what she's working on. She got put, like most people, sometimes they get put in a spot that's a little over their head to start out with. And she'll get properly slotted and then she'll work her way back up. And then you'll be like, oh, you know what? Lacey Evans is getting better. Mm-hmm. She should get another title shot. Just takes well, time. I I I'm not sure if she's um champ material right now. That's but that's just my honest opinion. I just don't want WWE to fall into the habit that they have of putting women these women into title shot range that aren't that really aren't that good, but they look good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I feel I kind of I don't want to think this, that this is it, but I kind of have the inkling that she because she looks the part, but can she? Does she have the wrestling ability to be a champ? Here's the quickest way to get pushed in WWE. Be able to remember what they give you and don't fuck it up. Yep. And so she talks good. She's like Alexa Bliss. She's like um, the Miz. You know, there's like a certain amount of people who their wrestling skills it was just based on their wrestling skills. They'd be much lower down on the totem pole. Alexa yeah. Bliss is one of these people. But because they can talk so well and because they can carry out all that script, they bump them up because you need those people to move stuff along. And so those people get the prominent positions far often and, f- and much more than the people who can wrestle. Like we're going to yeah. talk about this next guy and this is his uh-huh. problem. Ricochet. He's being uh-huh. interviewed. He says that facing AJ last week was an honor. He knows that he lost last week, but next time he says he thinks he can win. That's when the good brothers arrive. They say AJ could have beat him in three minutes. Ricochet says next time he can beat AJ. And then they tease a match for later. Now, Ricochet is starting to get pushed. But the one thing that everybody knows about Ricochet is he's not that good of a talker. So he's going to have to really improve while they're giving him all this time. Right. Uh huh. And if he doesn't, then he's going to have a cap on him. Right. Because if you're going to be the champion, at least in the way that things have been formatted for the past 20 years, you right. don't have to come out there and talk for about seven or eight minutes with just maybe you by yourself in the ring. Right. And he may have it in him, um, but I, I don't want him to fall by the wayside because he, he is so talented. Yeah, well, he'll never fall by the wayside because he'll give you stellar matches, but right. he'll never be, you know, he'll never be like, you know what? You know, you should be the champion. Ricochet. He'll never be probably in that mix. He'll always be icy tag team, but yeah. never in the in the number one mix. Right. Yeah. So the Good Brothers, they're up to no good. They tell AJ that Ricochet talks shit about him and that they can beat and that he can beat him the next time. AJ wants to go talk with Ricochet, but they say he needs to go get his edge back. He says they would he says the old AJ Styles would have just slapped that young punk. So AJ gets pissed and he walks off. He finds Ricochet and he says if Ricochet thinks he can beat him, then he can prove it tonight. And AJ Styles accepts it. And uh, the challenge, and then he slaps Ricochet, and Ricochet slaps him back like he should have. And AJ Styles says, Oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Miz versus Elias, best two out of three falls. Miz won the first fall with the Skull Crescent finale. Elias won the second fall with the Drift Away. In the third fall, Miz gets a backslide for a two count. Elias quickly cuts him off with a net breaker for a two count. We get to the apron. Elias misses a knee strike and he hits the post. Back in, the Miz puts the figure four on Elias and Elias taps out. And the Miz is your winner. Uh, An awkward interview between Seth and Becky. 
they have zero chemistry on TV. They talk about the Extreme Rules match with both of their titles on the line, knowing that they have beaten Corbin and Evans one-on-one, and they tell them that they, you know, each one, better, they better not lose the other's title. So, you know, they're trying to get that interaction going. They joke about Becky sleeping with her title. Seth tries to lay down the law. Becky cuts him off. And that's when Maria Canellis arrives. She starts mock- mocking them, talking about giving birth and claiming that she wants to see Becky do that. She <laughs> claims that she and Mike are the first couple of the WWE, and they've set up a tag team match for tonight. Seth tells her she done messed up. Renee says that Braun may have a ruptured spleen as early reports start coming in from the hospital. Yikes. Mixed tag match, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Mike and Maria Canellas. Mike and Rollins begins with Rollins taking control as Maria yells at Mike because it's all Rollins to begin. Mike finally fires back and Rollins cuts him off with the buckle bomb and Rollins makes Mike tag in Maria. Maria runs to the outside. She grabs a mic and she starts yelling at Mike and says that he disgusts her. She claims that she's pregnant as Becky was looking to punch her in the face. Mike is shocked at the news. Maria claims that, yes, she is pregnant, but she isn't sure if it's Mike's because he isn't man enough to do the job. So Becky Lynch jumps in the ring, puts the disarmor on Mike Canellis, and he taps out. That's not the rules of the match. No, uh uh. <sighs> Maria runs down Mike after the match and says that Mike isn't a man, but Becky is, and maybe next time she'll ask her to impregnate her. Ooh, oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, this was my god damn moment of the night with mm. the screw face. Yeah. Yeah, I have my yikes face on right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool to see Maria Canales pop up out the blue. It wasn't that cool to hear her run down Mike, though. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, "Uh, how about me and my bitch take on you and yours to Seth? Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Paul Heyman, he arrives. He teases a Brock cash in, but Brock's not here. The Street Profits arrive. They start uh, doing their thing with Paul, trying to, you know, get on his good side. Paul's like, he's got no time for their shenanigans, and he leaves. A moment of bliss, but Nikki Cross is the guest because she beat Bailey on SmackDown to earn Alexa Bliss a title match. Alexa Bliss offers her thoughts and prayers to Braun and Bobby Lashley. Nikki arrives as Alexa Bliss shows footage of her SmackDown win. Nikki praises Alexa Bliss for her guidance and support, and she says that she's grateful. Bliss says all the credit goes to Nikki, and Carmella arrives. She says that uh, Nikki, she tells Nikki that Bliss is right, so why is Bliss getting a title match? Carmella says that she's sharing the truth, and that is that Alexa Bliss is using Nikki. Alexa Bliss calls her pathetic and a sidekick. Carmella says, uh, let's get in this ring and I'll show you a sidekick. 
and challenges her to a match. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss versus Carmella. Carmella rose up Alexa Bliss and pinned her in like nine seconds. That leads to Nikki Cross versus Carmella. Carmella moonwalks and she hits a Bronco Buster for two. But Nikki cuts Carmella off. Nikki hits the purge and Nikki gets the win. So they're building up Nikki Cross as being able to do things that Alexa Bliss cannot. Uh-huh. Alexa didn't beat Bailey. Nikki did. Alexa couldn't beat Carmella. Nikki did. I'm just waiting. Hopefully, Nikki beats yeah. Carmella. I mean, Nikki beats Alexa to the punch. Uh huh. On the turn, that would be good. Nikki and Alexa, they're walking and talking through the back. The interviewer asks that the fans want Nikki to have the title shot instead of Alexa Bliss. Bliss says they have no comment and they just walk off. Drake Maverick's wife, she goes to the restroom to freshen up and all the jobbers run through looking for archers. He pops out of his hiding spot and Drake Maverick is behind him. Drake hits him with his suitcase. He pins R-Truth to win the title. His wife, his wife appears from out of the bathroom. He says, come on, honey, let's go. Because now we can do it 24-7 on our honeymoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is a good payoff to the uh, the story-wide, the show-wide story that they had for the 24-7 uh-huh. title. Ricochet versus AJ Styles, United States title match. Ricochet cuts AJ off with the dropkick and then follows with the Fosbury flop. Back in the ring, AJ follows with strikes and the springboard forearm follows 4-3 count, but Ricochet's foot was under the ropes. The referees come out and they have a little get-together. We go to a commercial break and the match is restarted. Ricochet counters the Styles Clash, but AJ hits the rag bomb for a two count. AJ takes Ricochet up top. He gets knocked down and Ricochet flies into a cradle to retain the United States title. After the match, Styles and Ricochet, they shake hands. And AJ Styles, he then attacks Ricochet and starts beating the shit out of him. The Mm. Good Brothers come down. They hit the Magic Killer. And the club is reunited. AJ Styles then hits a second rope Styles class on Ricochet to stand tall as they continue to take turns just pounding on Ricochet. We can see another United States Championship run here for AJ Styles. Styles knows it. He's got the full court press on Ricochet. Ricochet now buying himself a valuable few seconds, averting disaster for the moment. Look at this. Oh, my God. Great sequence. Outrageous. Shoulders down to retain the title. Here is your winner. And still the United States champion, Ricochet. Ricochet with the victory. Styles cannot believe it. Ricochet from out of nowhere, pinning Styles to retain the title. That's what it's all about, the United States Championship. 
respect between two incredible athletes. This is going to be ugly. Old habits die hard. The magic killer to Ricochet. Looks to me like the club rides once again. Oh, oh my God, not oh. from up there. Don't do this. Not from up there, AJ. The styles clash. Absolutely nothing sweet about that. I mean, come on now. What did Ricochet do to deserve any of this? Somebody get down here and separate these. So AJ's officially going over to the dark side. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what that sounds like. Anderson and Gallows looks like they may be starting to get some major wins on Raw and the tag team division. Uh-huh. Finally. Mm-hmm. And this was the first edition of Raw and the Paul Heyman regime. And it took about eight minutes for it to get extreme <laughs> with Braun and uh, Bobby Lashley going through the LA board and all the pyro going off and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was like Paul Heyman saw the chair shot and I was like, okay, I'll raise you. Electrocution. Top that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was the best episode of Monday Night Raw in a long time. In the last like Mm. maybe almost a year like WWE hasn't been good since they went to Saudi Arabia the second time like they got away with it the first time but the second time after the journalist got killed it hasn't really been that good but this episode of Raw was fantastic it was paced well it was different saw some new people in some new spots it was enjoyable I wasn't sleepy. I didn't fall asleep. I was energetic and into everything that was going on. And I cannot say that that has been the case over the past several months from Monday Night Raw. You're absolutely right. Sounds like I need to go back and watch it because I haven't watched it consistently in months. It has been months. Well, this was the first episode you would have been like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you how good this is, fans. Samuel Kalunga texted me today 
And he said, I'm 45 minutes into Raw and I'm loving it. And you know, he doesn't like anything. <laughs> so that's how good it is. Don't take my word for it. Take Samuel Kalunga's word for it that this Monday Night Raw was fantastic. Worth the three hours. It did not drag. It went by super fast. Started off different. Started off with a bang. Got your attention. Kept your attention. There was a little wonky spots there in the middle, but you can tell where Vince is in charge, and you can tell the like one segment an hour where Heyman is in charge. And if that's the case, that's the compromise. Then Raw would be a better show altogether. Oh, sounds like it was. Definitely need to go back and rewatch. Now it's time for the show that Miss Didi Jonet built. Smackdown matters. We opened the show with footage from last night with Braun and Bobby Lashley going through the LED boards. Lashley was released from the hospital while Braun may have suffered multiple fractures and that possible ruptured spleen. We start the night off with the Kevin Owens show. Kevin Kevin Owens arrives and he welcomes us to his show. He brings out his guests, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Shane demands his special introduction then Kevin Owens rolls footage from Raw and The Undertaker's appearance. Shane jokes about it being spooky and says that he's not afraid of The Undertaker. He says that he's on a hot streak and he's going to add The Undertaker to his streak. Shane says that the match will now be a no hose bar match. Drew says that everyone knows what he's capable of and what Shane is willing to do to win. But now it will be a vicious physical assault like no one has ever seen before. Owens rolls the footage again showcasing Shane and Drew running away from The Undertaker. He says Shane looked scared and ended up in the fourth row. Shane tells him to do his job and just read the cards. Kevin Owens does reluctantly. Owens then asked Shane about losing to Undertaker and Hell in a Cell when he returned. That's when Dolph Ziggler comes out and interrupts. Kevin Owens cuts him off and says it should have been, it's not going to be him. It's never going to be him. It should have been him. Eight years ago, it kind of was, but it didn't happen, and it won't ever happen again. Dolph says he should be WWE champion right now, and he deserves it, while Owens looks like he should be in the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> Owens said if he was in the hot dog eating contest, he'd win, unlike Dolph. Owens says that he wants a title match as well, and he asked Shane about it. Shane says neither of them will get a title match, and he books them versus Heavy Machinery, and the winner gets a tag team title shot at Extreme Rules in a triple threat match. Shane leaves and Dolph and Kevin Owens argue. So the classic WWE two people can't get along. Let's make them a tag team. Yep. Uh-huh. No, but Kevin Owens, when he let loose on Dolph Ziggler about it's not going to be him. It kind of was you for a minute, but it really wasn't. And it's never going to be you. Yeah. He brought the house down with that. Because I'm getting kind of worn out with this Dolph Ziggler uh, gimmick right now. Yeah, me too. Daniel Bryan, he comments on the announcement about this triple threat match at Extreme Rules. He says he has to exchange decision, but he doesn't like it. He says he and Rowan will walk in and walk out as the tag team champions. Big E and Xavier Woods 
they have some comments on Shane's announcement, and they aren't fans of it either, but they're ready for a fight, and they will take back what is rightfully theirs. So Daniel Bryan, he takes on Big E. Bryan avoids the suicide spear, and then Big E cuts off the suicide dive, but Rowan posts Big E and rolls him back in. Rowan takes out Woods, and Daniel Bryan hits the Basaku knee for the win. So bad, man. I was hoping Big E was going to get that win. Big E needs to branch out and be a singles competitor on this. I thought it was going to be, truthfully, I thought it was going to be Big E that would have got the title out of all three of the New Day. You know what? I thought so, too. I thought out of out of the three of them, he would be the one. Mm-hmm. But the fans got behind Kofi, and it just became a, a, a avalanche. Uh-huh. The elimination chamber, and and <laughs> it's funny how life works. All because Mustafa Ali got hurt, and they needed somebody similar to put in his spot for a couple of weeks. Uh huh. And then the next thing you know, bam! He had a great match on SmackDown. Followed it up with an awesome elimination chamber, and the people are like, "Oh, Kobe need to wrestle for the belt." Yep. That was supposed to be Kevin Owens' spot. Yeah, it was a long time coming for Kofi, though. I think he deserved it. Oh, yeah, he definitely deserved it. Uh-huh. R-Truth comments on losing his 24-7 championship on Raw last night. Truth says that he remembers his honeymoon, sort of, and says, what's better than two on a honeymoon? And that's three. He says he's coming for Drake Maverick to get his baby back. Alexa and Nikki are walking. Nikki is hosting a moment of bliss tonight. So this is a moment of Nikki. And Alexa is her special guest. (laughs) Nikki is all awkward as uh, she makes sure to tell Alexa Bliss that she loves her. She says that she's from Glasgow. She has a bit of an accent, so she will speak slowly. Nikki then brings out Bailey. Bailey then asks Nikki, uh, Nikki thanks her for joining the show and is impressed that Alexa is allowing her to shine tonight. Bailey says she couldn't do Alexa's bidding, which Nikki denies. Nikki says why Bailey called Alexa a liar. And then she says because she is. Nikki refuses, refutes this rather, while Bailey says it's unfair that Nikki wins all the matches but doesn't get the title shot. Bailey asks, why, she, why is she facing Alexa instead of Nikki? Nikki says she doesn't know, but wants a match right now. So Bailey says, if that's what you want for the title, then I accept. So Bailey versus Nikki Cross, SmackDown Women's title match. Mm-hmm. Nikki lands a high cross for two count. She closed lines follow, and the Bulldog connects for Nikki. The purge is countered, and Bailey hits Bailey to belly, and Bailey gets the win to retain. Are you a fan of this run for Bailey and her championship? Uh, I feel like as a champ, she's lukewarm. Just lukewarm. Uh, I don't know. I, I something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it, but to me, she's not quite hidden. Okay. She's not quite hidden. Not at least not yet. At least not right now. She's not. It could be the program. Sometimes it's the program. Yeah, I I thought I would be more excited about her being champ, but I I feel like there's something missing. We get another 
Mustafa Ali video package. He says he fights for change and he will make changes when he becomes a WWE champion. Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe, they go face-to-face in the middle of the ring. Samoa Joe tells Kayla that uh, she needs to go ahead and leave because they're about to talk about some real sensitive issues and they can get physical. Joe, look, I don't know how many times I got to say this, but I'll say it again for you, just so you understand. At WrestleMania, I beat Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship, and I did that by myself. At Stomping Grounds, I beat Dolph Ziggler inside a steel cage. I did that by myself. As a matter of fact, at Money in the Bank, I beat Kevin Owens by myself at Extreme Rules. I'm going to beat you all by myself. But let's let's talk about you right now, Joe. Let's talk about what you've done by yourself lately, Joe. What have you done by yourself besides losing the United States Championship to Ricochet? If I'm honest, man, look, I, I'm actually having a little bit of sympathy for you out here. I almost feel bad for you, Joe, because what I want to know is what happened to the old Samoa Joe. What happened to the Samoa Joe that would take on all comers head on? Now, now we got Samoa Joe creeping around. We got you sneaking around backstage attacking people from behind. Your ass is too big to be playing hide and seek. You see? See, that's what I'm talking about. You always have an answer prepared. You're always real slick off the top, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, always ready. See, it's kind of like going back to WrestleMania, right? Your big moments. You're victorious, celebrating in your ring. But you're always thinking ahead, Kofi. You come rolling out your all-American family. And remember, son, make sure you climb up on the top rope. Hold that belt real high. And make sure you're wearing daddy's new shirt so we can peddle it to all these mindless idiots who think you actually care about them. Right on cue. Right on cue, this is the part where Samoa Joe insults my family, right? This is the part where Samoa Joe insults my kids, right? You see me out here smiling, I'm not even mad about it, Joe. I understand why you're doing it. It's because you're jealous. Jealous Joe! You're jealous, Joe. I get it, man. If I was you, I'd be jealous too. Because let's be honest, man. You will never have a moment like I had at WrestleMania to share with your kids. You know, it doesn't matter how much I come out here and I tell the truth about people. Everybody still exists in their willful ignorance. So I say we do a little experiment and I prove to these people what you truly are. And it's a real... Real simple offer. I want you to shake my hand. And you will do so in recognition of one fact. That for the past two weeks, when I've locked you up and I've put your ass to sleep, you came to the realize that what is standing in front of you is the next WWE Champion. But of course, all deals have two sides. 
And here's what I'm going to guarantee you for this small infinitesimal gesture, for this you putting your ego aside and putting the better hold of all your friends, all your supporters, and all your family first. I guarantee the safety of you and all those you hold dear all the way up until extreme rules. And all you got to do, Kofi, is shake my hand. Joe talks some more trash, so Kofi shoots him the bird, and then he hits Joe with a trouble in paradise and leaves him stretched out in the middle of the ring. This was a yeah, fire promo. Yeah, we need badass Joe back. The we, dude that just didn't care. We need some more Joe to make a slight detour, go yoke yeah. up Dominic for me, and then he right. come right back to doing this uh-huh. with Kofi. I'm so disappointed Ray Mysterio Jr. got hurt. That's the only thing I wanted to see out of the whole feud. I didn't care about any of the matches. I just wanted to see Dominic get caught up and put to sleep by Samoa Joe. Heavy Machinery, they comment on facing Dolph and Kevin Owens tonight. They say it's a big chance, but they are a team and they have their opponents scouted. They say that Kevin and Dolph will implode and they will go on to win the titles at Extreme Rules. Andrade renews his little rivalry against Apollo Cruz. Cruz hits the press slam and he goes into the standing moonsault and they gets a two count. Andrade fights off the Apollo bomb and he hits the back elbow. Cruz catches the plancha and he slams Andrade off the apron, but Zelina Vega follows with a uh, Hurricane Rana off the apron onto Apollo Cruz. Back in the ring, the hammerlock DDT by Andrade connects and Andrade Cien Almas gets the win. Are you a big fan of Apollo Cruz? I am. What is he missing? I feel like Apollo Cruz, among a lot of other folks on the main roster, are missing character development. I feel like he's he does he as far as in ring talent, he has it. But character, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a little lacking. He doesn't have that like that spark, that whatever gets your attention as soon as you see him on TV. He doesn't have like that personality. Do you think if he could get back and then get graces with everybody, that Leo Rush could be a benefit to Apollo Cruz, maybe even more than he was to Bobby Lashley, since they're like in the same age range? He could. I feel like he Leo Rush could be his mouthpiece and could add that extra like spunk that he needs. Play off of Leo a little bit. Uh huh. Bring out his character. Yeah, something's got to change. You might have to just snap and turn heel and start talking shit or something. Put the oh, boots to somebody in the back or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and Dolph, they're arguing, and they then admit that they haven't been uh, big successes on their own since coming back, and they agree to be professional and win the match tonight. Mandy Rose faced off against Ember Moon. Mandy Rose, she grounds things, but Ember Moon battles back with a flying code breaker 
and the eclipse and man, excuse me, Ember Moon gets the win over Mandy Rose. And the weirdest part of all the wrestling this week, Shelton Benjamin is asked about Kofi versus Joe at Extreme Rules. He's just looking into the camera with his eyes darting back and forth with this just smile on his face. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get it, but okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering, are they hinting towards him becoming involved in that somehow? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It was just him just kind of looking back and forth, and eventually he smiled. It was like him on the screen for like 45 seconds. He didn't say anything. Mm. All right, we'll see. It's main event time. Heavy Machinery versus Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler. The New Day are out with their special commentary table while Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Rowan are at the regular announce table doing commentary on their own. Kevin pulls Dolph Ziggler to the floor as the New Day attacks the champions on the floor. The champions fight back and Rowan claw t- does an iron claw slam to uh, Xavier Woods through the New Day announce table. Otis fights off Ziggler and the Caterpillar follows. We get a super kick by Kevin to uh, Otis and Ziggler then accidentally super kicks Kevin. Heavy Machinery hits the compactor and they get the win. After the match, Kevin lays out Dolph with a stunner post-match and he yells at the refs. He's yelling and screaming that it's his show. It's his freaking show. You know, just going off. Daniel, you mentioned the amateur accolades of Dolph Ziggler. Byron, you were doing a little homework on Otis earlier today. Hey, on his with Kevin Owens pulling his tag team partner out. Pulling him out like, like Xavier Woods should have done the big Hey, oh, 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 this is not this is not the time or the place. Uh, obviously, Xavier Woods a biggie had enough of Brian's mouth. They are on enough of these two. The SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Boom! And another knee finds its mark on Biggie. Here comes Xavier. Oh! There oh, goes Rowan oh. just flattened Xavier Woods. Oh, oh my god. Oh, easy. Jeez. Rowan has come unglued. Chaos out here. I, I do not feel safe, gentlemen. There's still a match going on, by the way. Heavy machinery. Owens oh, and no. Ziggler. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Iron Claw through the New Day announce table. Super kick right to the sternum. And now Owens all tucked outside the ring. Otis deceptively quick. Watch out for behind. Oh, wait a minute. Went for the zigzag. Yeah. Oh, 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 my God. Flattened Ziggler. Owens is down. Tucker is down. Otis is in control. And it's about to happen. It's a thing of beauty. Ladies and gentlemen, the Caterpillar. Oh, yeah. Can every machinery put it away? No. Super kick finds the mark. Otis back up once again. Uh oh, watch the stutter. Oh, super kick to Owens. Miscommunication by Ziggler and Owens. Tucker dispatches a Ziggler to the outside. Owens is legal. Bad news for Owens. And the compactor connects. Otis legal on Owens. Heavy machinery is going to extreme rules. Machinery! Exactly what 
Owens and Ziggler were worried about not quite functioning on the same page, and it is heavy machinery. Otis and Tucker who have punched their ticket to the triple threat match. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, stunner to Ziggler! I can't say I'm surprised. It was a lot of promos in this episode. They did a lot of mm-hmm. talking, but they did a lot of setting up stuff. So I think so too. Yeah, it was okay. It, um, I don't know if this was like a full Eric Bischoff show. To be honest with you, because uh, the rumor is he's like moving from Wyoming to Stanford, Connecticut. So if you got to take care of those logistics, I, it might be kind of hard to write a two-hour episode of wrestling right um so maybe next week we'll get the full kind of eric bischoff treatment on smackdown right Uh uh-huh yeah i think this was him just setting some things into place for his upcoming episodes yeah yeah smackdown's got to get their swagger back they've lost a little bit uh, yeah. since the brand split because they were doing so good they took all the people and put them on Raw thinking that would make Raw better but that wasn't the case either so nope Mm-mm. at this now time oh go ahead I'm sorry no I, was just, no I was just saying now with Eric Bischoff now producing maybe we'll see some better stories and better matches that actually make sense. Yeah, that's the one thing I think, too. I think he's going to definitely have some good stories. That, for the one part, should improve the most are the stories. Everything should flow a little bit better, probably have a lot more continuity. May not be so much stop and start, hopefully. Right, yeah. And I think that's what I miss the most about um about wrestling the storylines even though no matter how outlandish they were they were in the past they were very outlandish but no matter how outlandish they were at least they were entertaining right. and I miss that entertainment aspect of it mm-hmm. at this time we just want everybody to support the CSPN and the WrestleCast in a number of ways you can support the CSPN by going to our website, CSPN.us, clicking on the tab that says keep our podcast free and shopping with our sponsors. You can also support the CSP, CSPN by becoming a patron on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. And you can hear me and Nell review Firefest from this past weekend from AEW their second offering as an official company uh, the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid faced off against Kenny Omega and the Elite in the official main event in the unofficial main event it was John Moxley versus Joey Janela in a death match so please become a patron and you can hear all thoughts on AEW's Fighter Fest event time for NXT Aaliyah with Vanessa Bourne faced off against Mia Yim 
Mm-hmm. Mia Yim gets the win with the Protect Your Neck. After the match, Mia Yim takes out Vanessa Bourne because she's been talking shit for about three weeks about Mia. And then Mia goes up the ramp. She goes over to the commentary table. And she lets everybody know that she's coming to beat Shayna Baszler's ass. And she should. Yeah, they're really giving Mia Yim this super push right now. I hope so. She's super dope. She beat Bianca Belair, broke her undefeated streak, and she has been off to the races ever since. We get a recap of last week's steel cage match between Io Shirai and uh, Shayna Baszler, which ended in Io Shirai's attack on Candice LeRae. We get an attempt to get a word from William Regal, but the Forgotten Sons, they barge in to complain that the Street Profits can't make title matches, so they want him to. Regal says that they had a shot at the titles, and they got themselves disqualified so now they're at the back of the queue. When asked about the contenders for the Street Profits, William Regal says they suggested a match against Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, and he agreed, and that will happen next week. That should be a very hard-hitting match. Yes. Hopefully the Street Profits don't get injured. Me last hope. It's time for Adam Cole's championship celebration, part two. Adam Cole stops at a pizza shop called Gargano's. The guy's Uh name who's running it is Frank Gargano. He's wearing an NXT shirt. Cole picks up his pizza and he puts an autographed picture of himself next to the wall of fame that has nothing but Johnny Gargano pictures on the wall. He thanks Frank for the pizza And he points out what he did to the wall. Frank walks over to the wall and he takes the Adam Cole picture down. Adam Cole then brings these pizzas to uh, the wrestling training school. He asks for some of their time and he gets in the ring. He says he knows that these wrestlers love Johnny Gargano and he brings up Johnny's recent time with these wrestlers. Johnny told them that one day they could be NXT champion. Cole says Gargano is full of crap. He says he got lucky. Cole tells them that they'll never get to where he is and gives them the pizza saying that they should just sit on the couch and eat it. His last bit of advice is to get out of that school, that city, and find themselves a new hero. This is amazing. I don't know who had an idea to come up with this, but this is amazing. (laughs) The Adam Cole Championship Tour Celebration. It is good stuff. So does this mean we get to see Johnny Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole? Nah, I think he's just trolling. Mm, Okay, we'll see. It just may be like another little block, though, because at some point it's going to be Adam Cole versus Ciampa when he gets back healthy. Oh, yeah. Jeff Parker took on Kushida. Uh, they're not cover- calling it the hoverboard lock anymore. They're calling it the Sakuraba lock, but it's the same thing. And he yeah. get the win over Jeff Parker. 
Kathy Kelly gets a word with Tyler Breeze backstage. He says that the Undisputed Era is all about power and taking credit for this brand's success. He wants to remind them that this was NX Breeze long before the Undisputed Era showed up. We get another Killian Dane vignette. He says he had nothing and what he did have was taken from him. Now it's time for NXT breakout tournament match as Cameron Grimes, the artist formerly known as Trevor Lee, takes on Isaiah Swerve Scott, the artist formerly known as Shane Strickland or Killshot. We get a Fosbury flop on the outside by Swerve. Inside, a big knee strike connects as well. He wants to do a crossbody, but Grimes counters it into a flipping power slam. We get a diving double knee stomp by Cameron Grimes, and he gets the win over Isaiah Swerve Scott. These are my two favorite people in this tournament. They wrestle in the first round, and of course, Killshot loses. Mm. Now, I love Trevor Lee, but man, Killshot is so dope. Yes, he is. And they and they really didn't have a a blow away match. I really thought they were gonna have like a much more of a blow away match. The match last week between um Hector Garza Jr. and DJ Z was fantastic. That that's like the bar for this tournament right now. And mm-hmm. anything that's coming in not on that level, subpar. And this was not on that level. So but good to see Trevor Lee and uh, Killshot in the NXT ring. Hopefully they can stay healthy and, and get into some storylines and, and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Binky, Bianca Belair, she faced off against Priscilla Zwinga. Bianca blocks her diving Rana in midair and power bombs her. She then deadlifts her into a military press, and then she pulls off a power bomb. And then she does another power bomb, and then she alley oops her into the corner, and then Bianca Belair gets the win with the KOD. Yay. Anytime Binky can come out, whoop some ass, look strong, I'm all here for uh-huh. it. I still can't believe that Montez Ford got a belt before she did. I can't believe it either, but she, yeah, she's dope. She's got the total package. She can talk. She yes, can wrestle. She, she, she is everything. Yes, yeah, she is. Hopefully, they don't figure out a way to ruin her. Mm-hmm. Main event time. Roderick Strong versus Tyler Breeze. They trade shots in the center of the ring. Roderick Strong is winning out until Tyler Breeze hits an injury. Tyler Breeze goes up top, and that's when Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish show up. Tyler Breeze fights them off, but Roderick Strong hits an enziguri, and he follows up with the end of heartache, and Tyler Breeze falls to Roderick Strong with help from the Undisputed Air. Very good match. Tyler Breeze is, is finding his footing again in NXT. Roderick Strong proving once again that 
He is one of the aces of the map because he can have a great match with anybody. Doesn't matter what style or discipline. It can be somebody who does MMA and all this jujitsu and Matt wrestling like Matt Riddle. Or it could be a guy that's a straight up, you know, pro wrestler like Tyler Breeze. Doesn't matter. He can get the job done. Uh-huh. I, I slept. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I slept on him a little bit. Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's dope. I think a lot of people did just because they didn't really know a lot about him in his uh, ROH days. And if you did know about him, you know, it's like a decade ago when he was like at this peak, peak, peak. So to see him kind of have this resurgence at this part of his career being an undisputed era is really good to see. And I'm glad that they he's clearly like the worker of the group. Like he's the one who goes out and has the long TV matches and and the matches that people go, man, you know what? That was a good match. I didn't think that dude was that good. But, you know, him and Roderick Strong had a hell of a match. He's getting. Yeah, he's getting that reputation. So good for Roderick Strong. Before we turn it over to Miss Nell for her shout outs and thank yous. Just want to remind everybody. Starting this Saturday, July 6th, I think it's 8 o'clock, maybe 8.30, but I think it's 8 o'clock. The G1 Climax kicks off in Dallas, Texas for New Japan Pro Wrestling. The card is going to be awesome. You're going to get to see Okada versus Tanahashi. In the main event, Kenta versus Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. So please tune in. Watch the first night. It should be available on Axis. It should be available on New Japan World from Dallas. It's going to be the full New Japan experience. Everybody but John Moxley, who is in the G1, is going to be there. So... Be sure to use the hashtag cast a strong style to share your commentary with color starting at eight o'clock this Saturday night, July the 6th, as we live tweet the first night of this year's G1 tournament. Uh, This year's tournament is stacked. I'm actually going to run down the participants for you guys. For those of you who aren't listening to cast a strong style. What are you doing? Me and War Starwin, we have a great podcast over there, all about New Japan Pro Wrestling. So in the A block, we have Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi, Tanahashi, Evil, Sonata, Bad Luck Fale, Will Ospreay, and Kenta. In the B block, we have Naito, Ishii, Juice Robinson, Yano, Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo, Taichi, and John Moxley. And again, that card on Saturday night, the G1 matches will be Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr., Evil versus Bad Luck Fale, Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer, Kota Ibushi versus Kenta, and Okada versus Tanahashi. Madam Lizette, you're so lucky, my friend. I hope you have a good time, and I cannot wait to talk to you on Cast a Strong Style 
about what you saw this past weekend in Dallas. So please check it out. It's going to be fun. Seth Rollins, stay off of Twitter because for the next 45 days or so, this is going to be the best wrestling in the world. If you ever um, watched a G1 tournament match or any of the anything more than a final before now? Oh, I don't really keep up with much of New Japan. Oh, I need to. Yeah, if you can. Every every so often, I see clips of it on YouTube and on Twitter, and it's definitely a sight to see. But I don't really keep up with it. If you can find a way to watch this, watch it. You'll you'll fall in love. I definitely will. And on that note, Miss Nell, I'm going to turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Shout out to everyone that's listening. Thank you for hanging in with us. Shout out to Sir Tizzy, who just dropped his single, Mick Foley, on all streaming platforms. Um, and shout out to my good friends, um, Ronald James, Blake Thomas, and Valence Michael at the Three Dope, Dope Dudes and the Mike podcast. Um, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining me. I'd like to give a shout out to our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonay, to Woo! our <laughs> rawcast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime, and to Samuel Kalunga. Give a big shout out to everybody who live tweets with us with us each and every week. Give a big shout out to Terry's boy, who was our guest on Cast of Strong Style to help help us preview the G one. Thank you very much, Shirt. Um just continue to support listen to the podcast rate and review if you on itunes send feedback give us some topics that you want us to cover can spice up the show change up the show a little bit um huh? you know with those type of things so just give us your feedback the more the merrier and uh, continue to follow us on twitter and interact with all the live tweets and all that good stuff and uh that's all i have for this week so for our very special guest, Nell, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 244 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. You know, The Undertaker is the greatest legend in the history of the WWE. Generation after generation, chokeslam after chokeslam, tombstone after tombstone, he has struck fear into the hearts of every man he's ever faced. But I am no ordinary man. I am a hybrid of every generation and I am not afraid of The Undertaker. To be perfectly honest, I don't give a damn about The Undertaker. Now Shane and I, we heard a little rumor going around, and I came dressed to fight. So, we want you to march yourself down this aisle magically appear in the ring it's a dealer's choice 
so we can look you in your eyes and tell you we are not afraid and extreme rules. We exterminate the legacy of the Undertaker. Peace. 